Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Hurling Podcast with your host Mark Kennedy. We're back for a third season. Delighted to have Kieran Collins and Rory Walsh on. That's our things happening here, T. Thank you, Mark. All good. All good, guys. I suppose kicking off National Hurling League's fast approaching. I suppose we'll get your thoughts, lads, on the preseason so far. I know the Munster Senior League's been curtailed with weather, but the Walsh Cup, there has been some interesting results there. We'll look at the Allianz Hurling League, some previews, get your thoughts on the players to watch out for and some teams to watch out for as well. Also look at third-level education as well. If it's given Cups well underway, look at some of the key marquee results there. And also the schools' finals. We're getting into the provincial deciders in the next few days as we record. So... Get your predictions there, guys. I suppose, Kieran, we'll start with yourself on the preseason uh, thoughts here. Uh, just in terms of the Walsh Cup, Wexford triumphant against Galway, uh, very convincingly yesterday. I suppose initial thoughts in terms of the Walsh Cup this year, Kieran. Yeah, I suppose on a Wexford point of view, like the starting with the Carlow game, they kind of gone up a level each game as it went. Um, you know, I thought yesterday they were really impressive. Just the, the work rate they brought things. Um, you know, I suppose a, a lot of young guys getting game time, um, which probably didn't happen for the last couple of years, um, not, not as much as needed to happen. Um, I think the management are getting a, a good look at a lot of players. Um, I suppose, look to win, look, be it if it's a, a preseason tournament, you know, it'll be a good confidence boost for extra going into the league. You know, I suppose, no, no better team to ground you than Kilkenny next week in Nolan Park, you know, and, you know, they've beat, Wexford have beaten them already there this year and, you know, they won't want to, to bow over to Wexford again, especially at home um, because they're not going to see each other again until the, the end of the championship. So I'm sure they want to lay a marker down. But I suppose, look for Wexford for pre-season. It's, um, I suppose, been very good. It's been a lot of work, or hurt to Wexford the last couple of seasons. And, uh, you know, I think it, it for management over the team, it'll, It'll, I suppose, get everyone to buy into the plan and what they're doing at the minute. And, you know, I suppose just uh, maybe the form, if they can keep that form going through the league and have a, a kind of a half-decent league, you know, the confidence will be, you know, going into the championship there will be right where it needs to be. So, look, I'm sure for its early days, it's still January, but um, you know, I'm sure everyone is very happy and, and how things are gone so far. Yeah, Rory, get you in there in terms of the Walsh Cup. I know there wasn't much to view from a monster perspective but from your perspective Rory what stood out for you in the Walsh Cup campaign? Yeah well I suppose uh, first of all it, kind of the, the way the Munster League kind of finished well didn't finish it does raise again the, the question of maybe playing these tournaments uh, while Fitzgibbon Cup is in action I know it depends county to county for some counties are probably depending on the amount of guys involved in colleges hurling as well uh, it kind of uh, look i suppose the plus side is it does give management a time to maybe give panelists who have come in a chance to kind of you know go through some of the systems the team are, are working through and training and um, you know poke out strategies and and position it does give a chance like that but like just looking at even when claire and limerick played and claire and cork played they were extremely experimental sides and i suppose like going into the league Management are probably trying to, you know, d- decide who are their panelists in terms of, you know, who, coming out from under 20 level, which guys are kind of maybe putting their hand up a bit more than others, guys who impress and train and see how they get on in a match day. But I think management will really learn about guys in the next few weeks ahead. Um, the, the fellas that kind of brought in from, as I said, from under 20s and stuff, who maybe have shown up so well well in training and in um, 
Munster League and Walsh Cup so far, like uh, they'll probably get their chance now at a higher level in league. And uh, yeah, so it, I won't even say it's shadow boxing because <laughs> at this stage in the Munster League, you know, it, it, they didn't even get a chance to get to the final round. So, but look, I, I'm sure, look, uh, if management didn't want them, it would probably wouldn't exist. So management do see a benefit uh, in it and they do, they do get a chance to have a look at players where this time of year they may not really get, get that opportunity otherwise. But um but in fairness, uh, in Leinster, you know, things seem to go very fairly well. And you ended up like with um, Wexford, Galway, Kilkenny um, at the business end of things, which kind of shows, you know, the bigger counties were taking it, you know, maybe a bit more seriously than, than you know, some, some of the fringe counties at this stage were keeping their powder drive for the league. But uh, yeah, and fair play to Wexford. Uh, silverware is very important, especially with new management in. And it does give them a bounce going into the league campaign. Great, a great tonic for Wexford heading into the National Hurling League. And I suppose, uh, look, I was down in Taurus yesterday for the Dylan Quirk Foundation uh, Challenge game between uh, Tipperary and Emmerich. It was a great occasion. I think it was about 3,500 there. And uh, from all accounts, uh, Tipperary looked pretty sharp on day. Now, granted, Limerick had a very experimental team out. But uh, John McGrath kind of um, looked very prominent, uh, scoring 2-9, and ably assisted by the likes of Jake Morris. So... I suppose, Karen, kind of looking at the National Hurling League, Division 1A, Division 1B, obviously you have the likes of uh, Kilkenny, Wexford, Cork, Offaly, Watford and Clare in 1A, and then 1B, Wex- Limerick, Westmead, Antrim, Dublin, Tipperary and Galway. I suppose what's standing out for you? I mean, looking at Kilkenny, Wexford straight off the bat next Sunday, I mean, Moat Water and Game to kind of kick off the league campaign for two counties. Yeah, and let's go back to one point Rory made there about the, the preseason. I think like managements do like them because if they're not playing in the, the Welsh Cup or Munster or Munster League, they're going to be looking for challenge games. So, you know, it is a good opportunity for, for managers to get a look at young players and, and, and give, you know, give them the, the experience of a match day. I, like, I think the way the league has gone the last couple of years, which same questions every year, you know, who's going to take it serious? I don't know, do people want to win it? Um I suppose for certain teams, it might do no harm to win the league or to progress to maybe a, a, to the latter stages and even the final. You know, I, I, there's a lot of, if, of teams who are in year two of management, you know, like Liam Cal and Tipperary, you know, Pat Ryan in Cork, Michal Dunning in Dublin. Like said, Liam Cal, will he approach the league different to last year? You know, I think he's trying to unearth a few young players as well. So I, I think the league is probably maybe a level up from the pre-season competition, you know, you will still see young guys and inexperienced guys, but maybe kind of with a bit of experience, like maybe one in each line. And I think there's certain games will just take a life. Like I think like, I think the Kenny Wexford, you know, local rivals and just, uh, you know, I suppose the history and, and not wanting to, the Kenny especially not wanting to lose at home when, you know, before they play in a championship. And, you know, I think there'll be a bit of Hunter Skelter to that, but, you know, a lot of these games tend to be kind of dead rubbers, you know, depending on, on who plays. And look, it's a great opportunity for, for managers to have a look at players, but, you know, it still is a national competition. And, you know, I think the way it's gone the last couple of years has been a little bit disregarded. I suppose there's a lot of hurlers have gone that haven't won a medal, a league medal, and probably would like to have one in their, in their collection. Uh, but I think, I don't know, maybe GA need to look at some incentive. I know they're thinking next year for a relegation, but even just, a, you know, whoever wins the league, that to be some kind of a, some sort of a bonus down the line, where to be, you know, if they finish fourth in their group, that they're in a back door or something like that, just to to push teams to, I suppose, get 
at the latter stages to try and go and definitely try and win it, like, but definitely to to, to go as far as they can in the competition. Absolutely, yeah. get you in there, Rory. I suppose incentivizing the league. Would you be in agreement to that? Yeah, well, just uh, as well what Kieran said with the relegation this year. So basically, what's going to happen is the top three teams in um in one A and one B are basically safe for next year, and the two four teams play off. There'll be seven teams next year in in the new form Division One. I think that puts a bit of pressure on the teams in one A because um you have Clare, Cork, Kenny, Wexford, Waterford in there, which means that one of those teams will be uh, awfully as well. Sorry, one of those teams. Let's think like. Awfully probably are going to be um the you know the favourites there to be, you know, one of the one of the teams that are going to end up in division one B next year. Um so one of the other five is going to be in there with them. Um so I think what I think might happen is you're you're going to get teams wanting to get their wins in early. So even Clare and Cork on Sunday, I think it's the live game in TG Car Sunday afternoon. I think both teams there will just want to get the win on the board early. The earlier games might be a bit more competitive, you know, and if teams have their three wins or whatever, then they might start to relax and rest players and blood players later on. But I think it's kind of going to be a bit the other way around now this year. Teams are going to want to, like, rather than building things up as the league goes on, they'll want to get their wins early. Um, looking over 1B as well, you've Dublin and Tipperary this weekend, and Dublin will have to travel to Salt Hill later on in the competition. It's going to be hard to win there. They have to play Limerick and Crow Park with Antrim and Westmead in the group. Dublin might fancy maybe taking two wins there, but they'll still need a third win. And this is probably their chance, tip in Parnell Park, a home game and first round in the league. So it's a big game for Dublin. Like after all the progress they were making 10 years ago, let's say when they were winning Leinster All-Ireland semi-final against Cork and everything, it would be a disaster if they slipped down from the top tier. And uh, yeah, it's a realistic, with the way things went last year, um, the way they finished with the All-Ireland quarter-final performance against Clare. Look, it, it is realistic that it could happen to them, especially the group they're in. Galway, Tip and Limerick in there. So, um, yeah, for some teams, it's going to be really important. And, and as I said, I think it's going to start, league will actually start with teams going right at it and trying to get their wins in early to avoid end up in a relegation battle uh, the end of the the end of the group stage. Well, I, I think, Rory, the, the counter-argument to that is, like, you know, team probably want to finish the league on a high, you know what I mean, and kind of ramp it up to championship level. You know, I suppose if you have a really important game, I know, like, looking at Wexford, they have Dublin first game, first game of championship. You know, they they want to get to close to or championship uh, level as they can in that last league game. I think it's against yeah. Cork. And, like, like, you know, just to get up to that, because, like, it's a it's a huge jump in intensity. And, you know, and I think, just I think that, it probably this, depends, Kieran, on where teams are as well. You know, let's say a Limerick, John Kiley kind of is more or less sure of, of his team or you know what I mean depends yeah, where teams yeah. are I think uh, um, teams with new management uh, maybe as you said earlier year one year two you know they're probably looking at things slightly differently and uh, definitely the counties under pressure are going to want to get wins early in but uh, yeah I see I see what you're saying there is that gap between league and championship where you don't like being even getting to a quarterfinal semi-final semi-final of a league and kind of hanging in there getting to your final it does keep you hurling longer against good opposition before a Chance. Yeah. It didn't do Limerick any harm last year. And I think it has to help. Like if you're um, you know, it has to help the league just to have that, you know, to have that relegation there, that there is a, a doubt in the in the management's mind that like, you know, instead of putting a, an inexperienced team out and, you know, not caring about the results, more so performance, probably that, you know, performance does have to come into it. And, you know, maybe it will make the league a bit better. I think it's a great point you've raised there, guys. I suppose even looking at one A here, Rory from a clear perspective off season there's been a bit of turnover in terms of the backroom staff I suppose what's the 
the the vibes coming out of the Clare camp heading into this court game because it's right into the melting pot straight away, uh, as you said. Yeah, and there's going to be a bit bit of disruption with Clare in the league. Um, Ryan Taylor, as we saw, you know, picked up a serious injury against Kilkenny in the semi final. Um, he won't be probably back in action until probably the league might come too soon. From Tony Kelly has had an operation on his ankle. He's going to miss the league as well. Shane O'Donnell uh, has missed the last two leagues and seemed to have done him all right for championships. So I presume Clare will go that route again. And I wouldn't be surprised if John Conlon is fully rested for the league as well after, you know, with, with his age profile and all he's, he's done with Clanlara as well this year. So, like, going with that, then you do have um, a lot of the Clare lads still heavily involved with colleges as well. Just for the first couple of weekends, like, for example, tonight, you'd have had Dermot Ryan and Shane Meehan, Adam Hogan playing up in Maynooth. Um, you know, and then you're probably looking at them then playing again next week, midweek. So Lohan will have to manage that. I know some other counties as well. So on the other hand, it does give a chance for Lohan to pro- properly have a good look at some of the Clare 20s who got to the Munster final last year. Um, the likes of Keith Smith. Um, also then as well, you have um, uh, Keneally as well from Clooney Quinn, who was centre-back last year, ended up having to go back full-back when, when uh, Hogan became... Is the, is the phrase cup tied or something when he was no longer eligible to play because he played senior so anyway yeah it does i suppose it's going to create a challenge for claire they're going to be down a lot of experience in the league but it does give like strength and depth is important and it will give a chance for guys to put their hands up in it cork as well uh, we were talking about it's interesting cork like seemed to judging by the some of the guys that had playing in the monster senior league the day they played Clare, kind of a lot of the old Kind of guys who you know, the, uh, might be unfair to call them hot and cold hurlers, but you know a lot of cock forwards who have disappointed are still there over the year. Um, maybe it's a fact Pat Ryan hasn't found any better. I know you've been Cunningham coming off and Dermot Healy who were really promising the twenties. Might be a year too soon, could be kind of blooded in this year. But for Cork coming up to Ennis, they will want to I think get put down a marker as well here after being turned over there last year in the round robin. Um, Knowing that Clare are going to be under strength, it'll be a great chance for them to go up and, and get a win on the board early. Absolutely. I know they have to contend with Declan Dalton being out for an extended period as well. So they have had a few injuries, Cork, but no, it's an intriguing battle. I suppose, Karen, coming to you, Limerick starter league campaign in Turles, uh, FPT Simple Stadium, face Antrim. I suppose, Karen, from a John Coddy perspective, if you're John Coddy, who are you looking for to kind of Put the hand up here for selection. I know they have their first two fixtures is the Turles trip to Antrim and also then away to Westmead in Mullingar. So any players here, Karen, that you're looking forward to seeing in the next few weekends? Yeah, I suppose there seems to be a few of that, you know, the, the 20 team that, that lost out the Ireland final to Kenny. I think one of them for me, and I suppose it kind of featured a little bit last year with Shane O'Brien. Um really impressed with him what I saw of him last year and I suppose early even in the Fitzgibbon this year so far I think he was impressive um, I think Adam English I suppose he, he you know he got into the team at different stages last year you know another year older um, uh, Aidan O'Connor probably another one as well you know I think he was really impressed with that 20s and I think with Kylie he doesn't rush the younger guys like he'll give them the pre-season experience and maybe a bit of league game league time you know, and they won't be seen for the rest of the year. And he, it's like an apprenticeship, really. I suppose he, look, it's a, he's in a great position that he can do that. But um, I suppose for me, that'd be the three guys I look forward to seeing. I know there's a couple of guys in the backs, you know, Fergal O'Connor. And, um, but I think the, and I think looking at players who might potentially be on the, you know, I suppose the older side, you know, Graham O'Cahey, 
you know, I think he's still in it for this year, but, you know, will he go another year, you know, um, and I think the likes of Shane O'Brien to come at that time or Adam English is the same, you know, it'd be very important to replace players who might be stepping away. Um, so that for me, they'd be the three I'd be looking forward to seeing. Yeah, Rory, I suppose, put that question to you as well from a Limerick perspective. Any underage talent here you're looking forward to seeing in the league this year? Well, yeah, very interesting for O'Connor there because uh, Limerick, as we know, are, are like with Richie English um, getting a very unfortunate uh, serious knee injury again in the course. Um, uh, Finn as well, uh, like Limerick are going to have to look for at full backline options. Um, and um, Fergal O'Connor, yeah, has, has, is one who has, you know, he's been on the panel there last year, played under 20s, plays midfield for F and he's Nicky Quaid's club. Um, but like underage, he was always um, seen as a, a back coming along underage. Very talented player. Like I'm sure he's going to get, uh, as Kieran's when he's going to get a good bit of league time, I think. Um, you know, John Kiley does need to, that strength and depth in, in the back line just um, in case like <laughs> another injury to in the full back line. And, you know, it, it's very hard to take one injury in a certain line, let alone two in the same line. So, also then forward, and yeah, I'd agree with Aidan O'Connor. Uh, he was on the bench for the All Ireland final last year, but he, he didn't make some of the match day panels. And um, a player I've seen a lot of underage, and especially you know from minor under twenty years. And he's a serious talent. And for Belly Brown as well in the club championship, uh, plays centre forward for Belly Brown and scores heavily and you know game to game, very consistent for them. So he's one that you know you would like to see um, push on, you know, and. Uh, just get a bit more establish himself as you know somebody who can be sprung off the bench um as kieran said with the likes of graham mulcahy you know another year kind of um on the clock for for graham and you just wonder like uh, are the likes of aiden o'connor maybe going to kind of pass him out in terms of um you know um order like uh um who'd be sprung you know first from the bench or who, who will kylie see as game changers yeah so and agreed there with adam english as well because um um, Adam, as you know, he he first he started against Clare in, in Ennis in the round robin two years ago. So uh, you, you'd be thinking two years down the line, um, is he any closer to kind of making the starting team since, you know, than he did that day? It's yeah, he, he does need a big year this year. And look, he's a seriously talented hurler. Even the the glimpse we saw him in the Munster League up in uh above in um in Clare Castle, like he showed flashes of of brilliance that day as well. So yeah, like there there is this bunch, and the one thing that you, you might worry about is like these guys now are pushing on to maybe 23 years of age now and um even like Kyle O'Neill who came on and obviously set the world in the Ireland final some of the scores he got were incredible but like none of them seem to be actually put, putting a full place down like they're still not able to kind of um push out that 2018 team you know they're still there's still 12 13 of them starting when it comes to the crunch and um yeah, maybe it's about time that some of them really started to nail down a place. And I, I presume Kylie will need to see it. Like the reason Kilkenny lasted so long and came back after a year or two and won more All Ireland was that he was able to kind of revive the team with, with guys pushing through all the time. And uh, it's probably something Limerick maybe need to start thinking of this year, even just for the next couple of years ahead. I yeah. think, Mark, as well, you could probably add um, Colin Cochran to that list. Yeah, even though he's been a player who's been around for probably a good few years, been on the panel, mm-hmm. he's never pushed you know he's never made that push and look the elephant in the room like you know the, the whole Kyle Hayes saga you know he may be required as the year goes on no one knows yet but I think like, he, he's a, a big player like he's still playing with Fitzgibbon UL and he's going to get a lot of game time there but I think you know he's been around a while now and I think you know he needs to start making a push into the panel um at this stage yeah like he came on in the Ireland final against Cork you know as a 20 year old then 
and he probably would have thought of himself like give me two or three more years and I'll be starting on the team but it hasn't happened yet for him so as you said he might get that opportunity this year to you know nail down that place guys can we kind of switch to Tipperary I know I kind of touched on him briefly at the start of the podcast looked to me as if there was a pretty much a good strong lineup that Liam Cahill basically announced for that Dylan Quirk Foundation challenge match I suppose Rory from your perspective uh what are you expecting from Tipperary this season yeah, and uh, like it, Tipperary kind of um, it, like last year finished so like the performance against Waterford was like you know a, a win would have had them in the Munster final and it was a non-performance and then Galway everybody thought okay here's their opportunity now they had their bad game against Waterford and against Galway it was like a strange thing to say for a Tipperary team they kind of lacked belief and confidence that day um, I know the margin again was maybe three points but. Uh, Galway missed four or five open goals in that game. It could have been 10, 12 points. Um, we, I think we said at the time it was a, a three-point hammer and was, was how we referred to it uh, on the podcast afterwards. So, like, what where are what are the real Tipperary? Because they started the Munster Championship like a whirlwind up in Ennis last year. So close to beating Limerick as well. And uh, they had great performance to blow in Parky Cueve and then suddenly to finish the championship the way they did. So, I wonder, will, will Liam Cahill be one of the managers that is taking the league seriously this year and will want Tipperary to see as much of them as possible, get them into a league final? Um, because obviously some guys that he trusted last year let him down when it came to, you know, the crunch knockout game as such. So maybe he, the more he sees them and get them to a national final, as Kieran said earlier, kind of a bit of a big day out national final, and maybe get a, a trophy on the board because... Yeah, because the last couple of Munster Championships for Tipperary, you know, we're talking about two years ago that they lost every game in the group. Last year, uh, as we said, it was Jekyll and Hyde from Tipperary and the way they bowed out, they need maybe, and this is a hard thing to, to believe, but maybe Tipperary need a confidence booster and uh, winning the league might be that boost they'll need. Yeah, because they looked pretty sharp yesterday, uh, Rory. Now, granted, it's an experimental Limerick side, but... What I'm excited if I'm a Tipperary fan is seeing the likes of Owen Connolly come back into that midfield. I know there was injury problems and he took a gap year. Uh, Brian O'Mara obviously came on late as a substitute, but Billy Seymour as well from Kildangan might be a guy that may be able to replace maybe Seamus Cannon inside or maybe in wing forward position to win some primary ball here, Kieran. I mean, there's some youthful Connor Bow as well probably would be eager to make more of an impact than he did probably in Championship and in Thailand. So there is a nucleus of a nice little middle third there, I would think, for Tipperary to really kind of develop this season. Yeah, I think Thailand has kind of carried on that form from last year. You know, it was, he, he was explosive last year. And what I've seen so far, it's kind of similar. Um, I think the biggest problem Tipperary had last year was just consistency in certain players. So you look at Jake Morris and... Um, you know, I, I think likes of Jake and, and, and Connor Bow coming on, but the, I think the main man was Noel McGrath. I think the trouble is like when Noel McGrath does go, you know, what big player is there to to step up? Um, you know, he was incredible last year. I think Brian Amara coming in. I think like I've seen him play for Skipping Final last year in the flesh, like he was incredible. I think he's going to be the centre back for for Tipperary for a long time to come. Um, I think Dean Cahill is possibly looking a further afield again than he did last year, you know, and he's really looking down the well to see what his disposable talent is there. Um, I, I agree. I do think he will, you know, try his best hand at the, at the league. I think we saw that with, with Waterford as well. You know, he, he didn't kind of hold back on it. And I think a lot of it last year was like they, they had a high intensity early in the league and they kept it going through into the early rounds of the championship. And I think, 
I think uh, thinking back to last year, I think we kind of half predicted it that you know once they got the championship, like could they keep that going? And you know, I think they just ran out of gas really. You know, they were relying on certain players every day. You know, I'll even look at Jason Ford. He he seemed to light the world alight or set the world alight in the league games, but when it comes to championship, he's not as influential. And you know, I think is it early round Sean Ryan was looking good this year, but you know, I think they're Tipperary are definitely at a crossroads. You know, there's their transition as the word is used, but um there's a lot of player young players we looked at but i suppose for me the thing is is certain players that will be stepping away in the next couple of years add to Jamie cannon and, and the likes of bottom bar obviously like with no mcgrath start going and john mcgrath you know and where these players are going to come out of i think like whatever about this year it's, it's looking further on the line you could possibly you know i know the, the minor team there um win a couple of years ago but you know it takes more than one to to fill these gaps and um, I suppose I'd worry for Tipperary in the next two, three years. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. John McGrath, though, yesterday definitely looked very energised uh, in the game. You know, the 2 9, as I said, you know, uh, looked very prominent in open play as well. So he could be a guy that wasn't really used that much, if I'm brutally honest, in starting lineup last year. Um, but it looks as if it kind of looked to me as if it's a last season salvo for quite a few of the guys that came on. It was a big occasion for Tipperary supporters yesterday, given Dylan Quirk and the service that he'd given to Tipperary Hurren, um, until his untimely death. So, look, I think Tipperary kind of tried to set the marker yesterday. I suppose, Roy, can we talk about Waterford? We heard an awful lot of media but sound bites from Davy Fitz regarding Waterford. What are we expecting from Waterford this year? Is there anything here that we really should be uh, looking at, uh, particularly in the league from a Waterford perspective? Yeah, like uh, I think last year, if you remember, the, the match of the league for me last year was Waterford versus Tipperary. There's there is a bit of bad blood there. Um, I don't know, is it from management or players to management or whatever it was? But there was one game with a real bite to it. It was uh, an evening game in, in Simple Stadium, a Saturday evening. Um, unfortunately, they're not in in the same group this year. So hopefully they will cross bats in the league. I know they're, they're definitely going to cross bats in Munster Championship. It would be nice to see them have a cut at each other in the league as well. Um, for, like I, what I thought out of all the Davy soundbites, the most interesting one for me came from Queeley, Peter Queeley, and the selectors, when he said that last year, like we set up for weeks for Limerick, which was round one. We prepared for for Limerick, and it just kind of got me because if you're preparing for a round robin, like you should be setting yourself up to be for four games, and like obviously there's certain players in each team that you'll you know try and man mark or target and. Uh, but uh, to kind of say to put all their eggs into beating Limerick, and they nearly did, but it was as if like they realised after Limerick game, oh yeah, we're playing Cork next week, and there was a non-performance against Cork, uh, non-performance against Clare, and then um, from nowhere when they were out of the championship, they you know, produced it against uh, Tipperary. So they're definitely an enigma. Like there's talent there, um, like with Desi Hutchinson, you're looking at one of the best forwards in the country. Uh, like there is talent there. Strangely enough, then like as well, I suppose um, Austin Gleeson stepping back this year. Now, I know he's a lot of miles on the clock and everything, but you're kind of wondering, even with Stephen O'Keefe not going in last year and he was asked, and a few of the Belly Gunner boys, like if they really believed that Waterford were capable of winning All-Ireland, like you'd imagine they'd buy into it. Maybe I'm wrong there. And maybe, um, but it just, you'd imagine like even likes of Stephen O'Keefe saying, okay, give it one good year with Waterford. and But the fact they're not kind of buying into it is a bit of a worry for me. Um, well, as we know, they're, they're incredibly dangerous. Um, I reckon they'll have a look at Davy for also maybe for <laughs> personal reasons. He'll be looking at the Clare game in the league, try and get a win there. And 
know, give them that bit of confidence because they're going to have to go up to Ennis in the round robin and, you know, to get a win over Clare, we'll give them a boost going into that as well. Because um, Waterford traditionally haven't performed well up in Ennis. Um, and uh, even last year in Turles, which was their home game, like it was it was a really poor performance against Clare, only to turn it around, we said, against Tip. So, yeah, Waterford maybe consistency. Um, Davey probably looking for a consistent league because, if anything, Munster Championship last year was a complete lack of consistency. And going forward, I'm sure this year that they will... Uh, learn from last year and prepare for all four Munster Championship games equally and not put all their eggs into the first game, into the one one basket for getting off in the win, you know? Yeah. Karen, can I get a, your viewpoint here? We've Offaly, we've Antrim, we've Westmead in the league. Which one of those three do you feel might be the most impressive of those three? It's an arduous task for all three of them, but is there one that's standing out from you there uh, in terms of that might cause an upset here uh, in the league? Yeah, I think Westmead, like, and Antrim, you could probably put in the same boat. Like, they're, you know, managers have been there a couple of years. You know, Joe Farchard is year four, is he? Uh, Gleason, maybe year five or six. I, you just wonder, have they taken him as far as they can take him? Um, obviously, Westmead had a huge result last year, you know, coming back from 17 points down against Wexford to win. Uh, Antrim, like, albeit probably not getting that many victories, but were competitive, should have beaten Dublin. Couple of lads have stepped away for Antrim this year, and you, you kind of just wonder um, maybe a change of voice, you know, would it help? Uh, I think it's hard to say. I think for me, out of the three, I would probably pick Offaly. Just, you know, there's a lot of that underage talent coming in. You know, Adam Screen would be one of them. Um, you know, you have Charlie Mitchell, um, you know, a lot of these younger guys, and they surely add to the panel. I think Offaly are, are probably. They probably feel that they threw away the Joe McDonough last year. Um, look, it was the, probably the game of the year, uh, if not, you know, a, a game of the last couple of years, especially Joe McDonough level against Carlo. But I think, you know, I suppose just the manner that they kind of handpicked Carlo, I suppose it gave a, a mental advantage to Carlo in the end to, to get over the lines. So I think, I think Offaly will be, you know, probably seeding after last year. And I, I'd say they'll be, with the underage talent coming in, you know, probably pushing. Guys who might have had jerseys for the last couple of years, you know, and you know, I, I think of the three, and this is based on just what I expect, and I know you're not looking at form, but I think you'd have to say awfully of the three. Yeah, indeed. Um, Rory, just quickly here, I mean, Galway, Kilkenny, I suppose Galway, they've made subtle backroom personnel changes. Eamon O'Shea has gone in. All vibes locally here in Galway is that he's made an instant impact with the Galway training sessions and the preparation I suppose, Rory, from your perspective here, uh, the ambition must be clear enough. It must be an All-Ireland for Henry Shefflin this year. Yeah, an All-Ireland. And again, just like we mentioned, Tipperary might be a, a team that will target the league. I think Galway do need that boost as well going into it. Um, like, threw away a Leinster final last year, just panicking in the last play of the game, more or less. Um, so the, again, a trophy on the board here. And like Kilkenny, like Shefflin coming from a Kilkenny background where they were never shy to go out and win league and championship or you know what I mean the league never did them any hard any harm um I think Galway will will want to go well in the league um get maybe you know get that national final trophy on the board as well um again like they're another team that are a bit of an enigma in terms of like within a game their inconsistency within a game like that Kilkenny Galway Leinster final like they played well for 10 minutes disappeared for 10 minutes came back for another 10 like it, that's worrying within a game the players are, are dropping standards so much for a 10 minute spell same against Limerick last year where uh, they, they hurled up a storm for 
20 minutes, uh, 20, 25 minutes, incredible. And then second half, now combined with Limerick's up in the ante as well, but like non-performance from a lot of the main men from Galway there as well. So I think Shetland will be, obviously he'd have been scouring the county during the championship. See, can he strengthen the team? Can he make them a bit more steely? Good signs from St. Thomas's because they had plenty of steel when needed. But um, yeah, Galway, I think, are definitely probably going to be looking to have a, have a very strong league campaign. Yeah, Karen get you in there with Galway. I mean, Fintan Burke, Shane Cooney, the spine of St. Thomas's All-Ireland winning team there a few weekends ago. I suppose it's going to be intriguing just to see where Fintan Burke and Shane Cooney actually feature in Henry Shefflin's plans this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, like, Shefflin... One thing he does have is is a huge probably pool of numbers to to look at, you know. Um, because Galway have always had a a considerable, you know, their underage success is you know is probably unparalleled to any other county. Like you know, so I think like Galway are like physically and they're probably very similar to Limerick in in, in the personnel they have. Um, it just seems to be a bit of steel that they've been lacking the last couple of years. Uh, to see how big games, you know, even look back to the the All Ireland semi final against Limerick, you know, they were teachers were banging that game first half, and just the battle died away. You know, there was there, there were none were like a different team in that second half. So, um, I think there's a lot of pressure and definitely a lot of pressure on uh, on Sheffield. I think it's you know it's and probably similar for Clare as well. It's it's shit or get off the pot this year, I think. And if it you know if it doesn't happen this year, you're kind of looking, will it happen? Like you're you're looking at like a young Cork team coming that a lot of people are predicting good things for. Um, so it's, it's not going to get any easier. So, uh, and I think even looking at Sheffield yesterday, he had all the signs of a man under pressure. Be, it's only January and early in the season, but, you know, if not the Ireland, it definitely has to get a Leinster this year. Um, or it'll be hard to see him being there next year. Yeah, totally, totally agree with you there. And I mean, like David Burke, I think, is going to commit to another year. Uh, likes of Connor Cooney as well, who was very impressive down the stretch for St. Thomas's as well. So, look, I think the pressure has been put on here. Locals here really demanding more from the side than what they found in the second half against them in the All-Ireland semi-final. And I suppose, guys, we haven't even mentioned Kilkenny yet. I mean, Dermot Ling, second year in charge. I suppose, Karen, from your perspective, you know, Leinster, they're the standard bearers. So, I mean, it'll be a good test for Wexford, obviously, uh, at the weekend in Nolan Park. But I suppose... Uh, I suppose Dermot Ling's objective is clear to get some attacking firepower to supplement uh, TJ Reid and Owen Cody. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, one player actually I've seen a bit earlier this season is uh, Owen Guilfoyle. He came on against Carlo. He looked really lively. Um, Paul Cody as well looked pretty good. Um, look, you know what you get for Kilkenny. The, the attitude and the work rate they bring gets them 50% of the way there. Probably on paper, you look at their team, they shouldn't be in all Ireland finals or shouldn't be winning four Leinsters in a row, but they are, you know, and that's just a, you know, that's just shows how good they are. You know, I, I think it's another, I think like it was a very, very good first year for Ling last year. And I'm sure he went to build on that, you know, they're evolving from the way Cody played. I'm sure Cody sitting in the stand wincing at the, the sharp buckles and, you know, cornerbacks getting up the field as far as they are. But, you know, I suppose it's another year. And I think year two is probably the hardest year for managers because, I suppose year one you, you get a bit of get a bit of leeway, but like this is the year now that Kilkenny fans will be will be looking for if they don't, if they get to an Ireland final they're not going to want to lose three in a row. I think for Ling like yeah things have been, have gone well in the year one, 
but I presume like the, the pressure from the, the Kilkenny fan base will, will be up to another notch this year. Guys, just quick predictions. I know, look, as we go to air here, it's early on in the week and there could be experimental t- sides out, but I suppose Division 1A on Sunday, Clare v Cork and Ennis, Limerick versus Wexford Nolan Park and Offaly versus Watford and Tullamore, I suppose. Uh, maybe, Rory, we can get the ball rolling here. Maybe quick some quick predictions here. Yeah, um, so Claire Cork, I just maybe, as I mentioned there, Claire probably a bit uh, going, uh, for the beginning of the league in terms of kind of injuries and maybe managing workload of a lot of players. They seem to have a, an awful lot of players involved with with college of UL going going so well at the minute, and Mary Eye as well, where a lot of the lads will be going. I'm going to go with Cork there. Um, Kilkenny versus Wexford. Uh, Wexford coming off the win last week. You know, they're going to be uh, bouncing into that game. Uh, I'm going to throw down a draw for that one. Um, Offaly Waterford, uh, David went to get his win in early there, especially against Offaly. They're kind of the team in the group that if if Offaly turn you over, like you're, you're good chance you might end up in that bottom three. So uh, I have to go Waterford there. And one B then, uh, Godwin home to Westmead is, is going to be a, a Godwin win there. Dublin Tipperary, uh, despite Dublin bringing Tip out of, for, for the last few leagues, Dublin have been playing these kind of games in, in Crow Park, but back in Parnell Park, um, as you mentioned, it's a really important game for Dublin um, with Galway and Limerick also in the group um, to avoid maybe finishing the bottom three. But I just don't see them beating Tipperary here in this one. I'm going to go with Tip and Limerick w- will beat Antrim, even if it's outside of uh, Gaelic Grounds and uh, inside in Thurless. So, yeah, so you're going there with Limerick, Galway and Tip in 1B. Great. Thanks, Rory. Kieran. Yeah, I think for me, you start with Kieran Cork. I think Clare as well, if you look at it last year, just Clare bought a team into the Gaelic Grounds in Limerick and, you know, they were like a, a team that had to fry that morning and did four hours training before the match because, the, you know, they were like the sluggish, they were stuck to the ground. And I think with the players that have been missing, and, you know, I think I think Lowell will use this, you know, early league especially to, to give younger guys a, a go. And I think just looking at the Cork team that they had named to face Limerick the three times, it was... Fairly, you know, there was some household names in there. You know, I think one one of them is um, Brian Saunderson, the, the goalkeeper for Middleton. I think you know, probably struggled a little bit with Patrick Collins the last year or two, and you know, maybe he's a guy that they're really looking at to to build on from the from the back. And um, I think Cork's I suppose the real problem is they need to nail down a fullback. You know, they've been top chain for the last couple of years, but I think you know Cork. I think they will they'll want to build a steam of momentum and I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Cork were to go on and, and, and win the league so I'm going to go Cork on that one uh Kilkenny Wexford um she's one thing I do know I I think it will be helter skelter I think it'll be you know uh it'll be a high high intensity game and I think I think Rory might be far off in the draw it might be a bad result there's only a you know a point in the in the difference there two weeks ago and they played them in Callan um you know so you know again it's so hard to call when you don't know what teams are going to be named, but uh, I think I, I'm going to back Rory that one for a draw. Um, Offaly Waterford. Uh, Waterford seem to have been hot and cold in a couple of towns games so far this year. Took it on Merkley, or seemingly got beaten heavily by Kilkenny the weekend in the challenge game. Um, but I think for Davy, like, you know, again, looking at Offaly coming up, you, you'd expect him to get the, the win. Um, I think for her Callum Lyons is, is back. He, he's home and he's training. Um, look, it's going to be a hard year without Ozzy Gleeson. Um, you know, he pulled off some some master scores and, and, and probably some man of the match performances coming off the bench at times over the last year or so. 
Um, but I, I'm going to go for Waterford in that one. Um, Dublin Tipperary, I, I half give Dublin a chance here. You know, Mihal Dunner, who is it's his second year, uh, saw him against Galway there last weekend. They weren't terrible. Uh, you know, a little bit sloppy at times, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, if they, you know, I think if Donald Burke plays, you, you give him a right chance any day, but uh, I'm just at home as well. You know, I think they're going to want to start the, the year in a good note, and um, I'm going to give the nod to Dublin. Uh, Limerick for Centrum, yeah, look, I, I think you're going to see experimental teams for, for Limerick, but I think at Turl- in Turles as well, uh, you'd have to give the nod to Limerick. And uh, Galway with me, the same Galway. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. I think the one game of interest for me would be Offaly and Warford, just to see how Offaly will get on, particularly with a home support behind them on Sunday. Um, you know, I think it might be interesting there if they can be in there, thereabouts with about 10 minutes to go. I think that might be the maybe the, the marquee headline, maybe awfully getting something from Waterford. Uh, I kind of completely agree with you, Karen, and Rory on most of the other uh, fixtures. I suppose, guys, we'll move away from that. We'll review, obviously, the 1A, 1B, and we'll get your thoughts on Division 2 uh, next uh, week. Um, maybe we'll switch to third-level education, Fitzgibbon Cup, I suppose. Uh, Rory, uh, initial thoughts on Fitzgibbon Cup. University of Limerick looked very strong, but there does seem to be a few protagonists there waiting to dethrone them. Yeah, UL have been winning by cricket scores so far. Um, but like the the there's tougher groups in the group UL had like Mary I, for example, at UCC and travelled up to Maynooth have won both their games. And uh, they mightn't have the strength and depth uh, and luxury to bring on like intercounty seniors off the bench that UL have, but they've a very strong start in fifteen. Um you've Jason Galan and Goals, um, brother of Aaron, uh for Patrick's well last few years, very Massive puck out, long distance freeze, and um, regularly on the score sheet from then you have likes of Adam Hogan, uh, Dermot Ryan from Clare and Shane Meehan as well. Limerick, you have Shane O'Brien inside in the full forward line. You have McLaughlin from Portumna and uh, Galway, who kind of broke into the Galway senior team for the first time last year as well. You have um, Joe Caesar to very like uh, Devaney, John Deve- uh, JD Devaney of um, Barcelli in there as well. So, like, they have a serious first 15. Um, the gas thing as well about. Um, Colleges Ireland is like uh, at the weekend you pay twenty euro to go in and watch these guys and they're free to go into any uh, college game during the week and you go in and you see all these intercounty stars so yeah I'm just fortunate enough to live close to the university here and go up and and see a lot of these guys from time to time and um, also I suppose the other team as well uh, Waterford S E T U W formerly Waterford I T you know they have uh, this year interesting like they have um, Barry Hennessy and, and Robbie Hanley from Kilmallock down there you know a bit of kind of experience in with the young lads they've uh, Billy Power, formerly of UL, uh, Clan A, uh, A Power and Waterford, uh, Patrick Fitzgerald, the belly gunner. You know, they've a few good good hurlers, the young hurler from Cork, Sean Walsh, Carrie Tuhill. Um, uh, the last actually they, had a, they, they fought, fought out a victory. It was 11 points to nine against MTU Cork. So I don't think it was a classic for the for the neutrals. But um, Walsh got three points from play there in a tight game. So uh, look, Waterford as well, they're similar to Mary in that they probably would, wouldn't have the strength and depth. I don't think anyone does of UL, but you can only put out 15 and on any day, any team can be beaten. And, you know, at this time of year, weather conditions come into it and everything. And uh, as we saw a couple of years ago, red cards as well. Remember Keane Lynch for Galway turned the game a harsh red card against UL. So uh, look, it's I think I don't think UL are going to steamroll it like they did um, last year, probably. Uh, I think uh, Mary Eye definitely could give them a, a good game and Waterford as well. So 
yeah, I think they might be made to fight this one out. And uh, the fact that they've had it so easy so far, you wonder will it come against them when they do meet a, a big challenge. I'll say, Kieran, uh, any thoughts there on Fitzgibbon? Yeah, I, I like what Rory says. Yeah, I mean, like UCC have probably been a little bit disappointing so far. Um, you know, a couple of intercounty players like Brian Solomon mentioned earlier, two Downies, Owen and Rob, Ben Cunningham, Jeremy Ellerick. You know, I think University of Galway as well. You know, I think I suppose a big omission from last year is Nyland. He's not there, and I think he, they kind of heavily relied on him at stages last year for freeze. Um, you know, they also have Charlie Mitchell from, from Offaly, uh, Liam Nile Collins, and Tiernan Colleen. But I think if you're looking at I suppose performances so far and, and, and squads, you know, you well, it's, 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 if it was an inter county team, you'd be afraid to take them on, you know, like Adam English, Colin Coughlin, Donegal Dalek, Fergal Connor, Aidan O'Connor, Garoad O'Connor of Tipperary, uh, Mark Rogers from Clare, you know, like they're, you know, huge players. I suppose it is at this stage, you'd reckon it's you else to lose. But I, I have been really impressed with Mary Eye as well. You know, I think Rory's named a couple of players there involved. Um, as good a, far, a full forward than you'll see as well, you know, with Shane O'Brien and me and Inder McLaughlin. It probably is UL to lose, but, you know, I, I give Mary a good shot. Yeah. No, I'm kind of hoping that UCC maybe get into the mix here as well. Their tradition powerhouse, if it's given Cup Ireland, they've had an amazing preseason. I mean, they played Cork behind closed downs how many times, particularly under 20s and you know, the, the prep has been on point. So for them to lose by a point to Mary Eye last week was a bit of a shock. But they do have Manute going down to the Maradike, uh, next week. So if they can win that, then obviously into the knockout stages. But very exciting competition and we'll cover it more in the next few weeks. I suppose, guys, before we go, schools finals here, we're into the provincials. Harty Cup has not disappointed uh, Rory. I suppose we have Art School Reach facing Nina in Ennis on Saturday. I suppose, get your thoughts there. Yeah, so you've you've a hearty cup final with Art Skull Reach having a, a chunk of the Clare Minor team who won the All Ireland last year. Um, Michael Collins at wing forward, Matthew Holler in midfield, um, uh, Mark O'Brien from Pratlow inside as well. Like so, you've experienced there of big day, big days. But uh, Nina, funny enough, Nina represented by nine clubs all over North Tipperary this year. Dave Darren McCarthy scored 13 points, four from play in the semi final. He was on the tip team. Uh, tip panel that won the All-Ireland the previous year. So Tipperary aren't short of experience either, Nina, and it's going to be a cracking final. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a hard one to call. Like, people were joking, I suppose, that Ennis was kind of a home advantage for our school because there is a good chunk of Clare lads in there. I think it's nine or ten, all from kind of South Clare, Cratlow, Clanlara making up the bulk of it. But then again, from, from Ricky Finton Fitzgerald, centre forward, who was starting in the Limerick 20s last year, like, you know, this is incredible to have in your Hearty Cup team, you know, being able to call on a guy who's a, a county under 20 um, and also was kind of centre forward for the Mungra team that won the Senior B in Limerick this year to go up. So, uh, yeah, so there's, you, you on paper, you're probably looking at Ardskull having, you know, they've they have the more recognisable names. But as I said, Nina are, are picking out of nine different clubs across North Tip. It, have been very impressive so far, really good in the semi-final and, it's it's you know finals are hard ones to call. We had Tala turning over a fancy article team two years ago in the Hearty Cup final, so you know Nina will kind of take heart from that. And yeah, it's going to be a cracking game up in Ennis. Um, probably I'll just go with Arsenal. Yeah, they've as I mentioned a lot of experience and look, Cusick Park that they will be a lot more familiar with the venue than Nina as well. It might count for something in a tight game. 
Yeah, Kieran, get you in there. I mean, Art School will be probably warm favourites, but Dina can only look at the passage that Art School Reach have had to, the, to this final quarter final. Hard fought four point loss or win to John the Baptist. Then the semi final to CBS. We've all seen the the viral clip of the game winning point against her CBS. So I suppose Nina are going into this, you know, pretty much with shackles off. And I mean, had an impressive result against Charleville, who turned over CBC. So I mean, Nina should be going coming in here with good confidence. I think you can probably look at it a couple of ways. The fact that they're, you know, probably going up against a team who are, you know, steeped in, in, in recent hard to traditions and, and, and victories, it probably puts less pressure on them. You know, probably going in as underdogs. Um, and then you just have to look at a Tullow story from two years ago, you know, that uh, if you're looking at, at Article Reach, like the, beat how many points, you know, was it seven, eight points up, how many more in the first half? And, and to let Turles back into it. Uh, and look, it was uh, for two, which was free at the end to, to win it. So, um, Look, as Rory has pointed out, worked with a lot of the young lads over the years, that it's hard to predict with, you know, there's no, it depends on how they sleep the night before and, you know, all these kind of factors. So, but I suppose just the fact that they have been there, there's a lot of experience in the last couple of years, I think you'd have to just give the nod to our school, just a slight nod. But, like, um, I don't think it would deter Nina. I think they'll they come in and give it a right shot. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. I think it'll be a fantastic spectacle. Cusick's Park and I suppose the following day on a Sunday we have the Connacht Schools final this was a round robin played with five teams and uh, actually the teams seeded one and two have gotten to the final presentation of Atten Roy against the Raphael's of Lockray the local derby game obviously uh, again Rory from your perspective here on schools who are you fancying here? Yeah, look, a hard one to call. I, I wouldn't. Um, you, you'd probably be a bit more in tune with with how the the teams are going up there. They are the traditional powerhouses, uh, Lachray, Athen, Rye, and uh, there'll be no love lost there either. Um, yeah, I suppose like uh, Athen, Rye, probably backbone by a lot of the the outstanding talent coming through from South Galway and Clarence Bridge, and probably maybe given given Athen, Rye a nod uh, on that grounds, like having not seen either side play, but just uh, you know. Base again, kind of on on looking back on kind of uh, I suppose names and probably a bit more standing out for for Athenry. Yeah, no, like the two played very closely closely fought uh, pool stage game in October. Um, I suppose Raphael's come with an emphatic semi final win, so it'll be Boyd good confidence. But I think presentation Athenry have a mission this year. To go one step further than did last year, uh, particularly on the Ireland final series. So I'll probably hedge the bets on presentation at Nye, particularly with the Caron Bridge. Um, underage success flourishing at the moment could be the edge, but look, these two rivals, there's not much between them. And I right, suppose, you say, Mark, they, they played in the final last year as well, did they? They did indeed, yeah, uh, Karen, yeah. yeah. So Raphael's were beaten last year, which has always added motivation, but I think that should be a cracking fixture. And then, ultimately, lads, the senior schools, the Kilkenny El Classico, St. Cairns and Kilkenny CBS on Wednesday week here, 2.30pm, Nolan Park, Clubber TV. I mean, <laughs> it'll be an amazing spectacle in Kilkenny here. Cairns, I suppose, two teams here that the form book goes out the window here. It'll be a magnificent occasion. I think it's a bit like when you're looking at our score each, it was just a the history of St. Kieran's, I suppose, would you'll have to give them the nod. But again, as same for Nina, you'd say for CBS in Kilkenny is that like being the underdog, there's no pressure on. There's probably more pressure on you know St. Kieran's to go and win it 
Um, and I think we, we've seen in, in, in recent years, just because if they don't win it now, it doesn't stop them going any further later on the line. So um, I think for me, you'd probably just have to give Kieran's a nod. Yeah, I suppose Rory coming into this contest, uh, St. Kieran's avenged the Leinster Schools final, lost to Offaly Schools by beating Offaly Schools in the semi-final. Kilkenny CBS got through a very impressive good council team. So, I mean, all in all, I think it's going to be set for an epic <laughs> battle. Yeah, and look, the players are going to be extremely familiar with each other. Like the in a game of Jesse, a lot of times our club mates uh, play with each other in county development squads and the whole lot. And they say familiarity breeds contempt, uh, and it is a big rivalry between the two schools. And Kilkenny CBS probably have been, you know, in the shadow of, of um, Kieran's for years, and would love to get one over them now in in the Leinster final. And you give them every chance based on how how well they played so far in the Leinster championship and the scalps they've taken, as you mentioned, they're a good council, New Ross. Uh, another traditional powerhouse and um yeah it's a bit worrying for uh you know management of other leinster um let's say minor and um under 20 teams to see two kilkenny teams battling out again in the final yeah no nothing in it i'm not going to even call it because i think it'll be a spectacular um spectacle anyway guys might leave it there it's been a lengthy one but a good pre-season preview uh, i think by all accounts i suppose next week we can run the rule over the alliance hurling league division one the main storylines the main kind of performances of note look at division two as well and i know carlo Kerry. Lockhorns this weekend as well. We didn't even touch upon that. That'll be a superb fixture. And I suppose we'll have a look at Fitzgibbon Cup and also the schools cup finals as well. Obviously, the route to the All Ireland final will be plotted for those schools. Best luck to every one of them. Should be epic encounters. I suppose until then, guys, have a great weekend and sure we'll chat next week. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Take care. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast? on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Sidekick on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles, and reports.